Chapter 21 To my beloved daughter Tsekhofat Happy 13th birthday. You have reached a special milestone. 13 means you are now a teenager. Soon enough you'll be an adult and able to make your own choices and choose your own destiny. Being 13 means you're about to get into temptations like drugs, peer pressure and relationships. I am not the moral authority on anything because I'm here in prison. But here's some advice from your father. Trust your instincts and pray to God for guidance. Your life as a teenager can be the best part of your life or where all the bad things started. But I trust that you have a conscience that will lead you in the right path. I miss you so much. I don't know if I will ever meet you. But until that day, I will pray for you. Love your beloved father. spent the last couple of evenings in her bedroom working. Her grandparents assumed it was a school project she was working on until Mkhunutsidi went into her room to tell her that supper was ready and saw what she was working on. Tsekhofatsu has been working on an artwork of herself as a toddler and her father. Mkhunutsidi asked Tsekhofatsu to show the artwork to her grandfather after supper. When supper was over, Tsekhofatsu brought the artwork into the dining room to show her grandfather. So, what do you think? Tsekhofatsu asked her grandfather. Uh, it is beautiful, Kia. Uh, who's the man in the picture? Asked Ntate Piri, even though he had his suspicions. It's my dad, she responds. Nana, is that something you remember from your childhood or something he said he did with you? Mkhunutsidi was being careful with what she said and how she said it. Um, it's actually just something I'm imagining. I was inspired by a picture I saw on Instagram and then I designed this picture of myself and my father, explained Sarofat. Uh, we, we never asked you about how you feel about us meeting him, says Ndante Piri. Oh, I'm excited that you want to speak with him. I hope you guys can fix things so that we can move on from the past. We must forgive one another now, explains a confident Sarofatsu. In her mind, a world exists where both her grandparents and her father would be able to exist together, side by side. Sarofatsu takes her artwork back to her room and continues to work on it. Nkhunutsidi is beginning to have cold feet about the plan she and her husband devised and that the Piri tells her that they will not abandon their plan because of emotions. He reminds Nkhunutsidi that she was the person who wanted the extreme plan to happen. There was no room for changing of minds. Two days later, Tsukhofazu completes her artwork of her father and takes it with her for the next meeting with him. As the visit starts, Tsukhofazu hands her gift over to her father. I made you this artwork. I don't know if these things are allowed in your cell. I hope you can hang it up and that it makes your cell that much nicer to live in, explains an excited Tsukhofatsu. For her, this was a chance to show her father one of her talents. Huh, this looks beautiful, Tsukhofatsu. You are so creative. And this artwork is mind-blowing for me, says Mulatleri. I remembered that you said you didn't know a lot about me, 
So in this picture, I'm showing you a part of me, replies Sokhofat. So what is this picture meant to tell me? I see mountains, I see the ocean, here on my shoulders in this picture. Yeah, we never managed to go to the ocean. So this is clearly an idea you came up with, explains Mulatleri. Yes, there are a lot of symbols in this picture. When I was young, I used to feel like I did not belong. Everyone had at least one parent that took care of them. I, on the other hand, was an orphan being raised by grandparents that are conservative and struggle with change. I could feel their love, but I could also feel that there was a lack. But I didn't know what that lack was and how to fill it. So whenever I saw pictures of the ocean or the mountains, I would think about finding myself in the depths of the ocean and mining my value in the mountains. That journey a year ago felt like something that I would do alone. But you entered my life and now I get to be on your shoulders and have you by my side. Now I'm less obsessed with what the ocean and the mountains can bring into my life, explains Sohofat. Your mom and I dreamt a lot about your future. We wanted you to grow up knowing your self-worth and owning your space. We wondered whose talents you would take and what new talent you would bring into the family. This artwork speaks volumes about you and your heart, explains Benatlir. Do you think my mom would love this artwork? Asked Sarufat. Yes. She would be telling the whole world about this gift God has given you, says Mulatlehi, reassuring Tsakhafat that her drawing was good. Like after spending time with you, I know my mom better, explains Tsakhafat. Don't your grandparents talk about your mom? asks a surprised Mulatlehi. No, I don't know if they're scared that it would upset me or what. The only time my mom features is a day before my birthday. We visit her tombstone and talk to her. But for me, I've never been comfortable with that because I never knew her. But I know that this year, when we go back to her tombstone, I'll have more to say. So Fata stands up and walks to her father's chair and hugs him. Watermaluleka saw them hug and resisted the temptation to intervene. She could see that both of them needed that moment. When they were done hugging, the warder came in to tell them that time is up. The meeting with Tsarofato's grandparents was scheduled to happen during the next visiting hours, so Mulatlech was taken back to his prison cell. When Tsarofato arrives home, she finds that her grandparents had already left to go see her father. She decided to start doing her homework. She takes her books and stationery into the study and works. Her phone starts to vibrate and she ignores it assuming that it was WhatsApp notification. The vibration continues and she decides to check. She noticed that she's been called by Pearl. Hello, I'm Auntie Pearl. Yo, Tsukhofat, so we spoke about this auntie thing. Anyway, how are you? I'm fine, replies the confused Tsukhofat. Pearl doesn't often call her without warning her before. I'm fine as well. How did your visit with your father go? Oh, it was special. I didn't want to leave. Conversations with him are special, replies a happy Tsukhofat. 
I feel you. You have an amazing father. Yes, I'm discovering that about him. I wish he wasn't in a place that I could only visit once a week. I wish I could see him every day, explains Tsokhovatsu. You know, Tsokhovatsu, you have the key that could help your father, says Pearl. How? Look, your father doesn't want me to do this, but I care about him too much to let him stay in prison when he could be free, says a passionate Pearl. I know that you care about him. You care about him a lot, comments Tsokhovatsu. There's no cute way to put this, Tsokhovatsu. Your father's in prison because of you. Well, because they say he kidnapped you. In a parole hearing, the victim has to speak about how they would feel if the person who harmed them would be released from prison. I think you know where I'm going with this, Tsokhovatsu. Yes, if I'm the victim, then I must say how I feel about him being released. But you said my father doesn't want you to do this? Asked a confused Tsokhovatsu. Yes, he doesn't want you to think that this whole spending time with you was so that you could get him out of prison. But he doesn't understand that without your testimony, he may never get out. I understand. I know he didn't do this to win me over. I want to testify for my father. I love him. Pearl knew that what she had done would upset Mulatlehi if would ever find out. To appease her conscience, she continued speaking with Tsarofats on the phone, talking about random things. By the time the call ended, she felt confident that she did the correct thing. After the call, Pearl makes her way to the prison to support Mulatlehi. Ndate Piri and Mkhunutsidi arrive at the prison and are escorted to the visiting room. They are greeted by Pearl, who then explains that she'll be in the meeting because Mulatlehi asked her to be there. Ndate Piri did not acknowledge her and told Mkhunutsidi to do the same. Mulatlehi is brought into the visiting room and is cuffed to the chair. Dumelang Ndate Lemme Piri greets Mulatlehi. They don't respond to him but look him straight in the eyes. Uh, long time no see? Ndate Piri and Nkhunutsiri remain silent. The tension is palpable. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed spending time with Tsukhofat. She's a special young lady. Thank you for raising her into this beautiful young lady, says Mulatlech. Her name is Gia. There's no Tsukhofat, explains Ndate Piri. But no buts. Munatlech, have you not destroyed enough lives? Why are you trying to destroy another innocent life? Says Ndate Piri. I don't know what you mean. I don't have a daughter because of you. Your actions destroyed my family. And now you want us to watch you try to influence our grandchild, sis. I loved Khaboen. Don't you dare say my daughter's name, shouts Ndate Piri. I thought today was going to be a day of making peace. I am here to give you a piece of my mind. Kia is never going back here. This facade is over, explains an angry Ndate Piri. Pearl wants to speak, but Mulatleri tells her to do nothing. Pearl, like I told you, these people hate me. They are the most hateful Christians I know. 
They think they are better than all of us. They think they know better. Why else will they not feel guilty for keeping my own child from me for 14 years? 14! Munachlech is overwhelmed with anger and sadness. We don't have to stay here to hear this nonsense. And we won't stay here and waste our time anymore. We came here to tell you to stop these visits with our daughter. You are not her father. You are a murderer and a glorified spam donor, says an enraged Ndatepiri. You forget that I know your secrets. If Tsakhofatsa would know what you really thought of her mother and her pregnancy, she would never ever love you the same. Don't provoke me. I haven't told her to honor you, says Mulatlehi as he threatens Tsakhofatsa's parents. Says Nkhunutsidi. You won't get to see her to tell her. Nsidi, let's go. Ntatepiri and Nkhunutsidi leave the room in a half. Mulatlehi is visibly shaken by the engagement. Pearl hugs him to try to console him, but it doesn't make a difference. I'm sorry, Mo. I really thought they would do the right thing, reflects Pearl. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I guess that means my parole hearing will be more difficult with them paying for my blood. Pearl did not like the look of hopelessness that was painted on Molatlehi's face. In her fear of seeing him get back into a depressive mode, she decides to tell him the truth. There is still hope. I spoke to Tsekhofatso about your case and she willingly offered to testify and asked the courts to release you on parole. There's nothing that her grandparents could say in the hearing that would cancel her words. Why did you do that? I specifically told you not to, Pearl. I know what you said, but you were wrong. I'm trying to help you. Pearl, my life is not a fantasy game that you can control and play with. I told you that I did not want you to do that, and you went against my request. I made the right call, Mo. Stop calling me Mo. Maybe I allowed you to get too familiar with me, and that is why you think you can decide what is good for me. Mo Fortzak. Don't speak to me like that. Kere Fortzak. Leave me. Leave before I say worse things. I don't want to see you again. Just Fortzak and go. Pearl starts to cry and is overcome with anger. She wants to stand her ground, but she is scared of what Munatlehi could say next. She leaves the room in her angry state, and when Warder Maluleka tries to ask her what happened, she pushes her away. Munatlehi is returned to his prison cell and refuses to explain to Warder Maluleka about what is upsetting him. <laughs>